Life Audio. On the next Encouragement for You podcast, Charlie Germany of Ronald Blue and Company talks about handling our personal finances and Christian psychiatrist Dr. Frank Minrith on how to avoid brain damage. Welcome to the Encouragement for You podcast, brought to you by Encouragement Communications in association with the Salem Web Network and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. In just a moment, your host, Don Hawkins, will introduce today's episode. First, a word from our sponsors. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. For many of us today, handling our personal finances constitutes a major challenge. Charlie Germany has invested many years in the field of money management with Ronald Blue & Company. In today's first segment, Charlie and host Don Hawkins explore how to handle your money. Charlie, when we talk about money, uh, stewardship is the place to start. And God's Word has a lot to say about the ownership or stewardship of our money. It really does. Um, you know, stewardship, Don, is, is uh, so much of what I do and, and why I love my job is, is it's based on stewardship. And, you know, we say that uh, Ron Blue first uh, coined this, I think, uh, that stewardship is the use of God-given resources for the accomplishment of God-given goals. Mm, wow. Um, and when you look at that, you know, when you say stewardship, most people think, okay, we're talking about my checkbook, we're talking about my billfold. Uh, but it's, stewardship is not just money. Money's a big part of it. But stewardship is the use of those God-given resources, and it's time, talents, and treasure. Uh, Charlie, the other misconception, I think, about stewardship uh, is that some people think it's just money. Uh, but some people think it's just involving 10% or a small percentage of your money. That's another misconception, right? It's a, it's a huge misconception, Don. Uh, you know, God expects us to, uh, if you go back to Ron's definition, when he gives us goals, the God-given goals that he wants us to accomplish, mm-hmm. it's not just in the money area. No. Uh, you know, if, if he is, uh, one of our goals is to do things with missions and, and take a mission trip or mission trips, uh, that involves money, but it also involves time. It involves preparation, uh, and and he expects us to 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 be a good steward in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, 
you know, it, it's whatever goals he's given us, and those goals change, obviously, as we uh, meet a goal, he's going to give us another one, and, and we'll have multiple goals. And uh, it, it may be uh, something to do with parenting. It may be something to do with your church. It may be your money. It could be a lot of things, but we we need to be a good steward of whatever he's given us. And uh, so it's not just the money thing. I like the uh, summary that my good friend Clark Dickerson from Colorado Springs of Dickerson Associates has given. Stewardship uh, includes three components. Number one, God owns it all. That's right. Number two, God's entrusted a part of it to me as a steward to manage wisely, and that includes the time, the talents, and the treasure. Mm -hmm. And number three, he's blessed me so that I can be a blessing uh, to others for God's glory to accomplish those goals. So uh, bottom line is everything we're saying, including taxes, involves stewardship because even that money yes. that goes to the IRS, uh, that money really belongs to God. And Jesus said, Charlie, and I know some Christians have trouble with this, Jesus said, render to Caesar what's Caesar's and to God what's God's. They, he did say that, and, you know, Don, I don't have a bit of trouble with that. No. Uh, and what I tell people is it: the Word tells us, the Bible tells us, render unto Caesar what's Caesar's, but it doesn't tell us to render any more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so part of good stewardship is rendering what's due, but not anymore, and then yeah. rendering to what God, to God, what's God's, and it's all His. Now that brings uh, me to the to the question. Now that means doing a thorough but honest job of tax preparation, right? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And um, you know, we I've talked about this a lot with people, and and uh, the thorough job means that you do everything possible to to keep your tax liability. Uh, to a minimum. And, you know, uh, people say, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to take those deductions or whatever. Well, that's part of the way the tax law is written in our in our country. And it allows for us to take deductions for specific things. And, you know, the one we like to talk about are the charitable contributions. Mm-hmm. And I've had people ask me, well, if I take a charitable deduction on my tax return, is that negating my my charitable intent? And my answer to that is I don't think so, because no. the, the tax law allows that, and, you know, that's, that's not negating your charitable intent. And they say, well, I shouldn't benefit from something I've given. I said, well, if you've got a problem with that, then here's what you do. Figure out what you saved from taking that charitable deduction and give that give away. Absolutely. That's a brilliant <laughs> a- answer there, Charlie. And, and again, the reality is God allows for those deductions so that we will have more money right. to give to God's work. And, yes. and I think about the best example I heard of that uh, was R.G. Letourneau, who began by giving 10% of his money to the Lord and wound up, as you know, uh, eventually giving 90% of his money to the Lord. I, I'm not sure he was able to deduct all of that. No, but that, that, but that wasn't the issue. <laughs> no, for him the issue was stewardship, and God had blessed him, and, and he lived rather well on the 10% that was left. That's right. But, but the great example that he set for us was just a tremendous, tremendous thing. Uh, investing, what is the, uh, you know, people say the number one rule of investing is buy low, sell high, but I suspect <laughs> that there's more to it than that. Uh, well, but if, we, we, we believe there's more to it than that. Uh, you know, we, we believe in the investment area that uh, you've got to have a long-term perspective, number one. Yeah. Uh, we, we, don't, we don't believe that anybody's going to be able to figure out where the market's going, and I think you can almost look at history and tell that. 
So, you know, we, we think that it's a long-term, long-term issue, and we also think that the other Chicken. big issue that people need to look at is diversification. And I will tell people that diversification is probably the key issue, and, and that it's biblical. And yeah, I was going to say. And say, yeah. uh-huh. how is that biblical? Yeah. And I'll take them to Ecclesiastes in, in verse in chapter eleven, verse two, yeah. and it says, "Divide your portion to seven or even eight, mm-hmm. for you do not know what misfortune may occur on the earth." Yeah, very, uh, very wise, very good counsel. Diversification. Uh, to what extent should we diversify? Do you push that all the way to seven or eight uh, different kinds of investments, or seven or eight mutual funds, or should you put some in real estate and some in precious metals, or uh, you know, just generally, what are your thoughts there, Charlie? Well, I, I don't. I don't take the seven or eight as a as a hard and fast rule, Don. And uh, part of it, you know, depends on your risk tolerance. I think uh, diversification is important. Long term perspective is important. But the 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 other important thing is that you need to sleep at night. Yeah. And <laughs> if if somebody's invested and they're not able to sleep at night, then they're invested the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally. You know, the the precious metals, I'll take that as an example. If somebody's a very aggressive uh, investor and they have a very high risk tolerance, then they can go to the precious metal and, and probably invest a little bit in that. Um, but most people would not uh, have a portfolio that has that kind of investment in it. So that's um, it's you know I, I think to have several mutual funds and and have some in large stocks, some in small stocks, some in in international, some in in real estate uh, trust, and so forth. To try to spread it like that is going to be where you really get the benefit. I believe it's Marlisha listening in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Marlisha, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Well, you're on the air with Charlie Germany. How can we be of help? Yeah, um, I was wondering, um, I'm a graduate student, and I'm on a fellowship by which I receive a stipend that is not taxed. So I was trying to see, um, I was doing my taxes, and it looks like I'm going to end up paying some money back. So I was trying to see how do I go by um, setting up payments with the IRS on a quarterly basis so I won't have to pay so much at the end of the year. Hey, great question. In fact, a a lot of us, Charlie, in that boat, we have to pay those quarterly estimates. Yes, that, that's a great question, and, and uh, I advocate the quarterly estimated payments for people who end up owing at the end of the year for for two reasons. Number one, if you pay quarterly estimates, you're not going to get penalized uh, if you pay the appropriate amount uh, by the IRS at the end of the year. But number two, and maybe more important, it helps people manage their cash flow. And the better people manage their cash flow throughout the year, the better steward they're going to be generally. So to answer her specific question, uh, Don, um, somebody can make quarterly estimated payments based on what they believe they'll owe, and those quarterly estimates are done with the IRS uh, on a quarterly basis. Now, what's a little bit weird is that they're not every three months. (laughs) They're uh, in April, uh, the middle of April, the middle of June, the middle of September, and the middle of the following January. Uh, and you use a form 1040ES, and the 1040ES has those quarterly forms, and you just estimate what you're going to owe, and you pay that in uh, on a on a uh, periodic basis, yeah. one-fourth each of those payments. Marlisha, I hope we've been of help to you. Let me just lead us in prayer on your behalf, okay? Okay. 
Lord, we pray for Marlisha as she uh, does her taxes, as she continues her studies, as she pursues uh, the things that uh, are laid out before her that you have for her to do. Lord, we pray that her life would have a significant impact for you, uh, not only with the resources uh, that she is uh, is entrusted with from you, but with the time and the treasure and the talent that you've given her. And we thank you for her, and we pray for her in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll be back with more after a brief word from our sponsors. And don't forget to listen for Dawn's live weekend talk show, Encouragement Live, heard Saturdays at 7.05 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio and other radio stations around the country, as well as on the worshipchannel.org. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. The late Dr. Frank Minrith was board certified in both psychiatry and neurology, which means he is doubly experienced in issues relating to the human brain. During this segment, Dr. Minrith and host Don Hawkins talk about ways to prevent damaging your brain. We begin with Dr. Minrith's definition of kindling. Don, it's really a neurological term, and it has to do with seizures. Every seizure can beget more seizures. It does damage. Now, it's probably also true in psychiatry. Many times with these different disorders, and I'm going to discuss bipolar disorder, depression, schizophrenia, and alcoholism, with these disorders, uh, they need to be treated early, and they need to be treated quick, because probably every episode does some brain damage, or at least it, it may do that. And we, if we can intervene early, we may abate it. Let me just give you the bipolar, Don. If you have one right. episode of bipolar, a manic episode, there's probably over a 50% chance you will have another one. If you wow. have two episodes, there's probably over 70% chance you will have another one. So the brain, there's kindling going on, there's some damage, and what you need to be able to do is, is spot these symptoms before they really quite get there. Increased energy, increased anger, increased thoughts or racing thoughts, decreased sleep because you feel so good, 
decreased judgment, doing things you wouldn't ordinarily do, increased sexuality and mood swings. And so, Don, when we see those and you see someone becoming bipolar, it's just imperative that you get in the hospital quick because this will probably do some damage. From neuroimaging techniques, one area that may be damaged is the amygdala. There's some atrophy there, and, uh, and we can treat that today, so it, but it's, early we tre- it's good that we treat it early. Uh, Frank, talk about what kind of steps a person ought to take if uh, they are confronted with an individual who's bipolar or who's depressed or schizophrenic or perhaps suffering from alcoholism. Well, first of all, you tell them that you love them, and you know, you're just real kind to them. People respond to kindness. And so you tell them that you love them, you're kind to them, and then you give them a specific option, that something they can do. Uh, don't just say, well, if I can help, call me. I mean, say, here's a phone number you can call, here's someone you can talk to. Uh, be specific in getting them help. Don, let me just discuss real quickly, because yeah. there's a lot of material here. Yeah. We talked about bipolar. With each bipolar break, it does more damage to the brain, so it needs to be treated quick. What about depression? And let's take one, just one de- age of depression. Let's take the older age population, depression in the older age. Yeah. If you have one episode, Don, there's a 40% chance of another one. Mm. Let's say you go up to three episodes of major depression. Don, there's over an 80% chance mm. of a fourth episode. Wow. So you can see, we know, if you look at neuroimaging techniques in major depressive disorder, there's loss of some cells in the frontal lobes, the frontal cortex. We know there's some loss of cells in the hippocampus. Don, get it in, treat it early. Now, if you look at uh, some of those symptoms, those, those early symptoms that you need to be attuned to, decreased mood, anhedonia, that's a big word, Don, just meaning you don't enjoy life anymore. Yeah, just kind of everything is sort of in black yeah, and white yeah, instead of in color. Yeah, you enjoy things you enjoy. De- decreased appetite, decreased sleep. Not because you don't want to sleep, you just can't sleep. Mm. Increased, it can be increased anger, grouchy. You don't want to be, but you're grouchy. Yeah. Guilt. The guilt is just, I mean, we ought to feel guilty when we do something wrong, but they feel guilty for just being alive. Mm. Yeah, uh, just for taking up space on the planet. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Decreased thinking, uh, self-harm, Don, and even death thoughts. So if someone you know seems real sad, ask them. Yeah. Say, mm-hmm. are you suicidal? And, Don, if they are, get them in the hospital. Get them mm. some help. Uh, because, again, every episode does more damage. Now, let's go to schizophrenia, where you see the most of it. Okay. Uh, if you look at the early symptoms of uh, schizophrenia, social withdrawal, or we call it asocial, a decreased motivation, we call it amotivational, decreased emotional expression, a flat affect, avolitional, they, they don't have much will, uh, decreased thoughts, decreased attention, decreased focus, decreased memory, increased suspiciousness. Odd uh, thought content, odd behavior, bizarre thinking, sad mood. Don, if you see some of those prodromal symptoms, by all means step in. We think if we can get them early and get on these on these second generations of antipsychotics, that we can many times abate that. We can truncate it, but it's important to treat them early, especially with schizophrenia. If you look at schizophrenia on a neuroimaging techniques, Don, there's overall atrophy of the brain. They are losing those brain cells. Stop yeah. it quick. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Frank, talk about kindling and the alcoholic. Well, no, we feel that alcoholism does damage to the neurons of the brain. So, and, and you know, we have a lot of extra brain cells, so people can get by with a lot. 
but but if you know someone that's an alcoholic, it, it gets it indirectly gets a chemical in the brain called dopamine, and uh, it does that by having a relaxing feeling, getting GABA, but then it gets dopamine, and they're hooked. And Don, we'll lose 200,000 people a year to alcohol. They will lose neurons eventually. Get them in. Get them in quick. Intervene. So if you're looking with someone with bipolar disorder, a depression, major depression, schizophrenia, or alcoholism, or any, you know, any other major emotional issue, hmm. it's important to intervene early before more brain damage is done. Yeah, and the loving thing to do is intervene. And you may feel like, well, I don't want to upset the person. I don't want to make them worse. I can tell you from over 20 years of experience as a pastor, you're not going to make them worse. You're going to help them on the road to getting better, which will not happen if you don't get them that help. And friend, that means the spiritual thing for you to do is to get involved and to reach out. It says in Galatians 6, 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You have somebody who's bipolar, somebody who's seriously depressed, who's schizophrenic, who's an alcoholic. They need help. Uh, You find out where that help is available and you get them in touch with that help. That would be so important to do. San Angelo, Texas is where Joyce is listening. Hi. Hi. How can we help? Well, my question is to Dr. Menrith, what he thinks of ECT. Okay. What is your thought about electroshock therapy, Dr. Menrith? Joyce, I'm going, to, I'm going to answer your question, but let me let me ask you first of all: Are you sort of entertaining that thought or something? Well, in 1996, I had eight treatments, but I was suicidal. I tried to commit suicide three times, um, two days in a row, and finally my MHMR doctor said that you know something had to be done, and um, I was diagnosed as chronic depression with chronic depression in the mid 80s, um, and so the those eight treatments. Um, really, I mean, I, I felt like I had a life again, but it, it's been, you know, um, 12 years and, um, I'm losing my battle with depression and mm. my, um, MHMR psychiatrist thinks that it's probably the only answer right now. She's watched me go downhill. I'm what an intelligent, hardworking person, but yeah. I can't. Yeah. Every day, all I can think of is, I just want to die. But mm. don't I stare. We need you in the battle for Christ. What yeah. medicines are you on now, Joyce? Effector uh, and um, Wellbutrin. I'm taking the maximum dose of both of those. What, well, what are what are those doses? Because three hundred. They vary between America and Europe. Europe goes higher. So um, three hundred Wellbutrin and three hundred um, Effector. Three hundred of both. Three hundred milligrams of both. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, ECT, uh, which I don't do, incidentally, I don't do ECT because it's so rare that we need to today, and uh, uh, it has an 80% response rate. You look at the best antidepressants, and they'll come in around 70%. So it's probably more effective than any method we've got. How does it work? It probably increases what we call biogenic amines, serotonin, norepinephrine, and dopamine, the, the amines that control mood. It probably also alters the circuitry of the brain because so it becomes more positive in the ability to think. Um, it, 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 you have to be careful. I mean, there, there are risks to ECT, so you have to be careful. Probably one in 25,000 to 100,000 people, it will kill them. Another thing you hear about sometimes is loss of memory. The loss of memory is less now because they do a unilateral ECT. Uh, so, 
So it's much better, Joyce, than suicide because, I, I mean, we need you in the battle for Christ. I've made a covenant with my psychiatrist. Wonderful. I had Good. a cousin who committed suicide Wonderful. three years ago, yeah. and I saw Wonderful. what it did to the family, and I yeah. said I'd never do that. Good Wonderful. for you. We're so thankful. Frank? Father, we just come before you. Uh, Lord, Joyce loves you. And, and, Lord, I can't imagine what it would feel like to just be so blue and sad. Lord, she's just in agony. Father, please somehow intervene for her. And, Father, I ask it in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. Joyce, we have people across the country who will be lifting you up and praying for you there in Texas. Thank you so much for persisting in calling us. Well, thank you for taking my call. Okay. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Encouragement for You with Don Hawkins, host of Encouragement Live Radio and author of over 25 books, including Never Give Up and Master Discipleship Today. You can find more about Don and his books at EncouragementLive.org. Encouragement for You is a production of Encouragement Communications with the Salem Web Network and LifeAudio.com. Editing by Phil Gebers, production by Elizabeth Andrade. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. Let me take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on Encouragement for You. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Stay encouraged and join us next time for Encouragement for You. If you're tired of parenting advice and news headlines that are more confusing than assembling Ikea furniture, we've got just the podcast for you. My dear friend Abby and I are here to help you navigate the parenting roller coaster. Should your kids be on social media? What should you tell a friend facing an unplanned pregnancy? These are just some of the many questions we tackle on our podcast. Subscribe to The Real Deal of Parenting wherever you find your podcast.